This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. The Colorado Avalanche have won the Stanley Cup. Raymond Moore, a dream, has come true. Featured ahead, McKinnon racing and shoots and scores! Nathan McKinnon! Raymond is in Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay, as always. And today is a very, very special day, or at least yesterday against the New York Islanders was a very, very special day. I know everyone knows what I'm talking about, but for those who were unfortunately uninformed yesterday was Jack Johnson's 1000th game. I know it's a very special day. Everyone was overwhelmed by the the emotions of longtime avalanche Jack Johnson playing his 1000th game. You know, I, I could barely see the ceremony through my tears. I know everyone kind of had the, the same reaction to me, but as, it's a, it's a day worth celebrating for everyone. I know I know you feel the same, Christian. Yeah, I, I was there for it. Um, it was my first time seeing, or maybe my second time seeing a 1,000th game celebration, which is, I think it's really cool they do it all. But it was really funny. I don't know if you got a chance to see the highlight video they put together for him. Um, and when they did the abs, it was like just the goal against the Blackhawks. <laughs> That was it. I mean, so it's, I, it's a very good highlight. Yeah, it, it's his. Like, he's been good with the abs, just to which is surprised him. I know you and me for sure. Uh, I did not expect him to be a top four defenseman for the abs, and here he is um, playing his one thousandth game, and it was it, it was cool. I mean, Bednar did the right thing. He started him, uh, and yeah, I mean, it was it's always cool to see a thousandth game. I think that silver stick is so damn cool. And I would think more players have played 1,000 games, but when you look at it, it's only like 363. Yeah. In the, it's, in it's the life as, of the NHL. That's crazy. It's not as much as you think it would be. Yeah. When you, when you really look at the list, I mean, 363 is a lot of people, but when you consider how long the NHL has been around. Yeah. And the hundreds of players who play a year. Yeah. And it seems like there's at least a couple of these every year. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's still really freaking cool for – Jack Johnson. I mean, he should have probably hit it last year if they would have let him, if the Rangers would have let him play. But he was hurt. Yeah. But it was, I mean, it's still cool. I mean, like they gave him a silver stick. Joe Sackett was out there, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, Landy gave him a jersey. Like, it, it was it was a good ceremony. They did good by Jack Johnson. Um, but I can't imagine what it's going to be like when like McKinnon hits a thousand games or McCarr hits a thousand games. Like, that's going to be way cooler and I'll actually be like super like not emotional watching, but kind of feeling old. Cause I'll have been there for majority of those games. So 
I don't know. It, it was a cool ceremony. I'm glad for Jack Johnson. I feel like he's kind of been the butt end of a lot of jokes over the past five years. Yeah, I feel, I feel like ever since he signed that Pittsburgh contract, a lot of people, myself included, make no mistake on that subject, have been very harsh on Jack Johnson. It, all jokes aside, I know I started that very jokingly, but it was a, it was a cool ceremony. To yeah. see. I mean, Jack Johnson, obviously not the most prolific player to ever play the game, but he's he's been through a lot in his career and in his life, as we know, with a lot of well-documented stuff with him in the past. And it's cool to see a guy like that hit a thousand. I thought the ceremony was very well done. And just when you hit a thousand games, you know, you deserve something. It, do, it doesn't matter if you're not a hall of famer or not. You do, you deserve a little something for all that. That's, yeah, that's he, hard to do. I mean, it's like you said, only 363 players ever have ever done that. It's, it's yeah. hard to play professional hockey. It hurts a lot. <laughs> to go this long for 16 years. And I, I thought it was really cool. You could kind of see just like, even though Jack Johnson's only been with the team for seven months, like the guys yeah. really respect him. Like they were out there, they were celebrating him. It didn't look like any of them were like, like, come on, let's get the game going. Um, but like, it was really cool. Like EJ was out there giving it to him. Um, the teams I feel bad for, like the Islanders, wh why do they make them come out and stand on the ice <laughs> and watch those things? <laughs> like the Islanders come out, do their warmups, and then they have to sit there for another five, 10 minutes while the ceremony's going on. Like, it just seems like, couldn't we just bring the Islanders out after the ceremony? Like, I feel, I feel bad for the opposing team where it's like, yeah, this really means nothing to me. <laughs> like, we just have to sit here and watch this. Yeah. I, well, the Islanders are old, so they probably have to make teams sit through those ceremonies a lot. So that's true. That's I true. I don't feel too bad for them. That's true. But yeah, it, it was, it was a good ceremony. It led to a, very very exciting game which i don't think any of us expected yeah a very strange game i thought i didn't really know what i expected coming into this game but i did not expect eight goals in a game between the avalanche and the no. islanders no no chance in hell did i expect that um because the islanders one they don't score a lot and two they're usually pretty good defensively and sorokin's been pretty solid in net but it was just it it was a really weird game. I thought in the first five minutes, but I thought when McKinnon scored, I was like, oh, this game's going to be a blowout. Yeah, I kind of thought the same a little bit. And then by the end of the night, I mean, the main thing I took away from it is that we were definitely kind of lucky to win that game, but the Islanders were also pretty lucky to even be in a position to win the game at all. Yeah. So that I, first period was probably the best period of hockey I think the Avs have played in a long time. Like it was utter dominance. And the Islanders scored like the scored on just a, I mean, that was just a lucky shot. I mean, McCarr's blocking Kemper from any vision at all. And it's just a seeing eye wrist shot. Like there's not much he can do there. So it, it was one, one at the end of the first period, but I agree with you. Like the, the Islanders took advantage of their luck and the Avs definitely took advantage of their, of their own luck in the third period, I'd say. Yeah. I mean, the, it's going back to that Pollock goal. I just don't think Kemper ever saw the puck no. at all, which is weird because he's usually very good at tracking pucks. And it, this wasn't a very particularly good shot. It's just McCarr was in a very good screening position. I thought it hit him at first, but kind of, it looked like it just went right through him and Kemper just never saw it. No, he never saw it. And it was just funny. I saw a couple of tweets being like, Kale McCarr, all-world defenseman, not an all-world goalie. <laughs> like, 
that cracked me up. I saw those tweets and that was, that was making me laugh because yeah, he's, he's the best defenseman on planet earth, but uh, not a great goalie. Yeah. Maybe leave the saves for, for Kemper. Yeah. So, I mean, we're going to, I'm not going to brush over it. I, I want to talk about this real quick. That, that McKinnon goal is so unreal, but he made it look so easy that I don't think it's getting appreciated as much as it should have been. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing with McKinnon is that McKinnon does not have a particular brand of goal. Like obviously Ovi has the one timer and then you have McDavid with his cutting through five people on the rush goals. McKinnon's brand is just all of them. Yeah, he's just good. He just doesn't, he doesn't have a particular goal that he scores. He scores the one timers on the power play. He can do the, the one on three rushes and he can do goals like he did against the Islanders. Just, he makes it look incredibly easy with no problem. Like that play was so skillful, but he made it look so nonchalant that when I watched it live, I was like, Oh, that's uh, just a great shot. No, he literally fucking steals the puck from a car goes between Anders Lee's legs and then fires the puck away from where he's skating. (laughs) Sorokin has no chance, no chance. Like it was an unreal goal, and I don't think it got the publicity that it probably should have. Because I feel like if McDavid would have scored that goal, the whole world would have lost their fucking mind. Yeah, like if he scores that, or if if Matthews scores that, even then gets a lot of attention. I just with McKinnon, he just kind of does it all, so you kind of lose track of him all after a little bit. Yeah, he's just so good, man. And if if it was oh that play. I mean, that's the easiest assist uh, kill McCarr is ever going to have. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, give, just give it to Nate and forget it. Yeah. And that's exactly what he did. But uh, yeah, I mean, that first period, I, I know you didn't get a chance to watch too much of it because you were working. Um, but that first period was probably the best period I think they have to play in a long time. Yeah. From what I was able to. To get, I mean, I was doing the production truck and everything still, but from what I was able to gather on my rewatch is that the Islanders just had a little bit of trouble getting it going for the most part. And outside of their one seeing eye shot, I mean, it's Ryan Pollock's first goal this season. And he's definitely been due for one. It sucks it had to come today or against the Avalanche or when my brain's not working. Yeah, Tuesday. no, it's all right. Yeah, it's all right. For- my brain's not working either. It's Wednesday. We're all tired. Like we're, yeah. we're, we're persevering through here. It's late. I'm my brain's on scrambled egg mode, but I'm doing my best <laughs> with it. Yeah, the, the seeing eye shot from Pollock, and if it wasn't for that, we we would have walked out of that period feeling much better about ourselves. Oh yeah. Like it would have been a perfect, perfect end. I mean, the outside ton chances Sorokin made some unreal saves in the first period. Yeah, like, Sor- Sorokin, in my opinion, is the most underrated goalie in the league. It's just because yeah. the Islanders aren't very good this season that he's, he's been not so getting good. He's been so good. Varlamov's available in trade talks. Like he's been everything as advertised. I remember when he was coming in, how big, like how big of a deal people thought he was going to be. And he's, he's living up to those expectations this year. I mean, I think back on the one state, he made a beautiful save on Landeskog in the first period, just sliding to his, and I got flying to his right on a two on one pass. And it was an unreal save. And he kept the Islanders in this game or else it could have been an avalanche onslaught. It yeah, really it, it would have been too. I mean, Sorokin this season, this is his second full season. He's better than he was last year and he's played more games. You, you would think that like, oh, the Islanders aren't doing very good. I guess their goaltending might've dipped. Sorokin's a 922. Yeah. Like if, if, the, if the Islanders were in the playoff conversation, if they could score even just a little bit, 
he'd probably be on the outside of Vesna conversation. He has been that good. And putting up four on him is nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, he, he was unreal in this game. Um, and, I mean, the Islanders, I don't think they played particularly well in the first 30 minutes of the game. But near the – I mean, we'll talk about more. But the second period got started, uh, the man of the hour in this game, Devon Taves, uh, scored his 10th goal of the year. Am I getting number that right? 10, number 10. Career high? career high in goals. Yeah. So that was huge for Devon Taves scoring against his former team. And I don't know. Did you see that with Devon Taves? Um, just how like, he's just such a good dude. Like, did you hear him talking about the Islanders? Like he knows he loved playing in New York. He loves playing in Colorado. It's just part of the business. And he's just such a good dude. And didn't say anything bad, had nothing bad to say about the Islanders. And I mean, I'm for sure super pumped he's on the abs. I would not want him to be on the Islanders anymore. But he started the night, which would have been a big night for him. He ends up with three points, which nonchalant three points, I feel like. Yeah, essentially exactly what it is with him. And that's just what Taze does. He's the most nonchalant best defenseman in the league. He doesn't get he doesn't get enough love. I know he's had a little bit of a rough like two weeks recently where he hasn't been as consistent as we normally would expect from him. But he he scores three points against his former team. And like really makes you think like, man, we haven't played the Islanders in a long time. Yeah. That, that trade was almost a year and a half ago now. Yep. You really think about it. It feels like Taze has been here for a long time yeah. at this point. It, it's only October of 2020 since he's yeah. been here. Yeah, he, he has been the like outside Kamakari is the second best defenseman on this team. And you can make an argument every once in a while that he is the best defenseman on this team. Yeah. I mean, de- so, depending on the night and on the role, you can definitely make the argument because he, yeah. he, he's capable of this, of a, a three point eye with a beautiful snipe like he had in the second period of this game. And then picking up two more assists for a three point night and also a, a zero point night where he's near perfect defensively. I mean, these last two weeks for him, we, we haven't really talked about it much on the show. I mean, We've all kind of recognized that he's been a little sloppier with his passes on, on some of his reads, but I mean, every player goes through a stretch like that at some point and it's stuck. It sticks out with Taze because he's never been the guy to do any of that. And now that he's sort of finding his rhythm again, you can see the difference it makes. Yeah. He's, he's just unreal. Um, a slump for Devon Taves is like only plus one. That's what's right. funny. Like he's only plus still, one. Still leads the league in plus minus. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a slump for Devon Taves, and I find that hilarious. But uh, it, it was I felt good for him that he was able to do that against his former team. I'm interested to see the reception he gets in New York next they'll, week. They'll love him. I mean, yeah. the thing about this trade is I think everyone understands this is not going to be a John Tavares thing where they throw snakes on the ice. They're gonna yeah. they're gonna cheer him. I mean, they they wanted to keep him. I mean, the thing about that that trade is that they did not want to trade. I don't know why they had to trade Taze and not yeah, someone else, I mean, but I'm not complaining. I mean, yeah, and, they kept Nick Letty. Yeah, they kept <laughs> Nick Letty. I mean, even other guys like Pollock Andy and Green. Yeah, and Andy Green and Mayfield. Like, Taze really have to be that guy that had to be yeah. out the door? I mean, okay, I'll trade you two sec. I'll give them an extra second-round pick for just yeah. one Taze at this rate. And they'll – they love him in New York. We love him here. I don't think it's going to be anything really. Yeah. Probably going to be weird playing your first game against the Islanders since being traded a year and a half ago, and then less than a week later you make your your home return. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting for him. But 
I, I think he's just such a, like, we talk about players we want to interview on this podcast. Obviously, number one, Curtis McDermott. Um, number two, I, I think I'd just love to interview Devontae because I think he'd just be a cool dude to hang out with. Like, yeah, he'd just be a cool dude. That I'd just be like, oh, I want to just hang out and talk. Like, I, I don't even know if we'd interview him. I think we'd just sit and talk for like 45 minutes if we'd be so lucky. Like, he just seems like a real cool dude to hang out with. I mean, obviously, Curtis McDermott's number one for obvious reasons, but Devontae is a close second. Yeah, I mean, if we ever released an interview with Taze, it'd probably be the, the exactly what you said. Probably just be like a, a recorded session of us just hanging out with Devon Taze. Probably we probably wouldn't even ask him anything. It would just be just like a straight up conversation. He'd probably ask us more questions. He about probably us. would. He he seems right. like that kind of guy. <laughs> seems like that kind of guy. Right? Like, oh, how's your how are your classes going? Stuff like that. Yeah, he just seems like that kind of guy. And then we'd be like, oh, I don't want to talk about me. It's like, no, Devon, you're here for us to talk about you. <laughs> that, I, that's just how I feel um, about it. But he is he is unreal. I mean, that goal he scored to get back to the game, to go up 2-1. I mean, the instincts on that play, just unreal. I mean, it's Berkey. He sees that his defenseman has his back turned to him. He takes advantage of it, jumps into the open part of the ice and fires one uh, far side on Sorokin. And it's a beautiful shot. Yeah, I mean, we don't make enough of Devontae's and just how much he jumps into the play. Because I noticed a lot of times in this game, he's crashing the net and he makes that read for Berkey and sets himself up for like a, a beautiful snipe that you just don't see a ton of defensemen having the skill set to be able to do other than like a lot of the elite ones in the league. He shoots like a winger. He shoots like a winger. And, and we're just lucky enough that two of the best defensemen jumping up in the play play on the same line together. So... Um, I think Taves would jump up more if McCarr wasn't jumping up more. If that makes sense. Yeah. Because I mean, Taves I mean, is just so damn responsible. He's not going to leave his team in a right. In and a he's, spot. he's just always so damn smart that he always knows when to jump up and when to not. Like yeah. if, if, he, if Miko's up there, he's going to stay back and make the smart play defensively. But if there's a line change or someone's already behind him, he's just going to crash the net regardless because he's good enough to. Honestly, yeah. you could put Devontae's probably at wing, and I don't even think it would be that bad of an idea. No, it'd be better than uh, a majority of other wingers we have on this team. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and that goalie scored. The Avs go up 2-1. Um, and then the Avs have even more bad luck. Because in the first, like, 10 minutes of this period, the Avs continued their dominance, it felt like. Uh, it was just a – was it a bad bounce? Was it a bad turnover? I, I still haven't really seen a definitive thing on it. But the Islanders cash in on just a – Pajot's wide open. Like the this, the there was a there was a turnover on the play, and I don't even think that Clutterbuck was even trying to pass it to Pajot. I think he was trying to pass it to Parisi. He was, and, and he missed. Yeah, but it just so happened he missed perfectly that it went right to a wide open Pajot, and he had a wide open net to score on. It was just an incredibly lucky play. I mean. You got to make your own luck sometimes. This is an example of that. Pajot's in a, the right spot and reading the play. But Clutterbuck did not mean to do that at all. No, he didn't. And we talked about this at the start of the show, that the this game was a lot of luck for both teams. It was a lot of luck on both sides. And in the first two periods, the Islanders seemed to get all of the bounces, all of the lucky bounces. I feel like um, all their goals were bounces in this game. Yeah. Like they, they got lucky as hell. And – it's, I mean, that's, that's hockey, man. That's what makes hockey so great is like, even if you're not the best team on the ice, you can still win games just based on how the puck bounces. Yeah. I mean, the end of the day, it's another NHL team 
on the ice with you, no matter if you're the avalanche and are far and away the best team in the NHL, the Islanders went to the the conference final for two years in a row. It doesn't matter if they're not that good this year. They're still, they're still going to try and they still bring a lot of problems to the table. And they like, they did a lot when they were successful a year and two years ago, they take advantage of a lot of their bounces. Yep. I mean, they take advantage of a lot of their bounces and, I mean, I'd say with about 10 minutes left in the second period is really when the um, really when the Islanders started to take over. Uh, They were just cycling the puck in the ab zone for what seemed like minutes at a time. I mean, me and you were texting about that second period flew by. There were very little whistles in that second period. That Um, second period did not take very long at all. Yeah. And that's because the, the fucking Islanders were cycling the puck and looking like the Islanders from last year. So um they they take advantage of it darcy allows a, a pretty easy rebound right to the stick of kyle palmary and the islanders go up three two to end the second period and even yeah though, like i with I, I wasn't nervous yeah but like <laughs> even with kemper on that play the puck literally bounced right to palmary in the wide like wide open in the crease it didn't even look like it hit him all that much no it it, it barely bounced off kemper McKinnon gets tied up in front after a long shift. And I mean, it, it, it's going to happen sometimes, man. Yeah, like, I mean, sometimes the puck just takes a perfect bounce. I mean, Andy Green, Andy Green of all people, takes that shot from the point and it, the carom just bounces literally right to the perfect spot for yeah. Palmieri, who has gotten like really hot recently. All by the way, he'd like had one goal for most of the season. I think he's got, geez, like three, four or five in the past. Like, yeah, he's got like five in his in the month of February. I think he had one or zero the entire season. We had one before this. So he gets it's up three two for the Islanders. And I, like I said, I I want to say I'm nervous, and it's going to be a fatal flaw when we get to the playoffs. And we like there's going to be a couple games where we don't come back. Like it's going to be a fatal flaw for me to think that they're just going to come back in every game. But in this game particularly, I was like, okay, this team has this switch that they're just going to turn on in the third period. Um, yeah. Like I did. I didn't even really even think twice about it. That like, yeah, we're going to come back um, unless we get unlucky, which I guess would fit the theme of this game so far. We're going to come back. Like it, it feels like, and remember last year when we'd be down going into the third period, we'd have, we had this horrible record. And like anytime we were losing, we like, oh, well, that's probably going to be it. Now we come in with to this point, 17 comeback wins on the season. Like, yeah, well, we're, just probably going to do it again unless yeah. something goes wrong, which it normally doesn't. It normally doesn't, but it still just cracks me up that like how a mentality can change after one year. Because like you said, last year, I think they were only, they had only won like two games coming back in the third period. And I think yeah. I remember both of them. Like it was that sharks game and maybe a coyotes game. Maybe. If there was, I'm struggling. Yeah. With I know the sharks game for sure. Yeah. Like they could not come back last year. And this year, um, as we get into the third period, they, they come back for with fun. Look at these. Yeah, they, they come back just as an experiment. It's my <laughs> my favorite one is Winnipeg, the most recent one. Yeah. Where you go down in the first period three to nothing. For a lot of teams, that's just like, ah, well, you know, it's not our night. I mean, well, we're talking about this right now. I think it's very funny that the Rangers just tied us at 18 for comeback wins on the season. They just just they just flashed that right in front of my face as I'm talking about this. So we're not number one anymore, but regardless, we're tied for first now. Regardless, I just distracted myself from what I was saying. 
It's why. Yeah, no, no, you're good. Why I love recording earlier, but yeah, we we were talking about uh, just how relative ease they come back. You were talking about Winnipeg. Yeah, the Winnipeg game. They go down three nothing. For most teams, that's a a death sentence. That's just not our night. We're we're back before the third period even starts, and we just score three more because we can. And like, what? We're down three to two. That's not enough, guys. You gotta score more on us. If you're if you're not up by at least two going into the third against this team, you don't have a chance. You're not even gonna get that game to overtime. Nope. <laughs> like it's it's hilarious. You have to be up at least by two just to maybe get a point. Yeah. Like that you maybe get a point. What when can you ever say that about any team ever? It's like, ah, well, we've got there's 20 minutes left, but the pressure's on you because you have not scored enough yet, because we are 90% of the time going to come back. Yeah. And we did. I mean, we, we can get right into it. I mean, Gabriel Landeskog banks one in off of Sorokin, just a, a really smart play. I mean, we've gotten used to seeing Miko do that, but seeing Landy do it ties the game at three. And then once we tie the three, I was like, okay, we're winning this game. Like, yeah. I was no like, problem. okay, we're going to win this game. At very least, this game is going to overtime. Yeah. Because the, the Islanders, my, my only thing about this game coming into the third is like, well, I don't love that we're down to the Islanders who are yeah. very notable, like just shut everything down the moment they have a lead. I was maybe a little concerned about that. The second we tied it and broke the power play slump that I didn't even really think about the power play slump until they started bringing it up in this game. It had not been good. Recently. No, it hasn't been good. But like I thought tonight they only ended up scoring once in the game, yeah. but I thought the power play looked really good. They, they had a lot of high danger scoring chances. I felt yeah, like And even during this uh, supposed slump where it was last I saw two for 21, I didn't think it looked that bad. There's just sometimes you just don't score. Yeah. on the power play and then of course it's a goal like that where it's just landis getting a bounce off the backboards and in a split second making the read that he can bounce this off sorokin in the net which is exactly what he did yeah he breaks that slump ties the game and 29 goals for landy now yeah, tw- 29 goals 29 goals dude. for landis the having the most underappreciated season i think of anybody in the nhl this season yeah. like I know a lot of people will point to his 21% shooting percentage and say that's unsustainable. You know, you're probably right, but it's still happening right now. And he's going to hit Chris 30 goals. Like yeah. you're telling me, like people are celebrating Chris Kreider. Like that dude's literally probably his shooting percentage probably ridiculously through the roof. Yeah, but like, like Landis, stuff. Landis Scott is going to easily eclipse 40 goals this season. He's already 11 goals away from that. He's only played 46 games at this point. He's... He's been unbelievable, especially recently. Obviously, he had like five goals in two games. That certainly helps his stats a little bit. But like, when has anyone outside of the Avalanche general fan base talked about Landeskog at all? I don't think many people do, man. Like, I, I have not seen any any Elliot Friedman types talk about him. I've never seen him brought up on a broadcast. I've, I've just never seen any, I've never seen anyone like make a joke about him or just bring him up at all. I feel like he just only exists in our circle, which is normal because we're not a huge market, but we're not a huge market. And he gets kind of buried behind Landis or not Landis Scott. He gets buried behind McKinnon, McCarr. um, He's outscoring all of them. Yeah. He's outscoring all of them. And he's, he's buried behind Kadri this year. Um, it, it, I'm okay with it. Keep him on the radio. Totally man. fine. Keep like keep forgetting about Landeskog. It's doing him just fine. Yeah, I'm totally fine with it. So, yeah, he ties the game. 29th goal. Like I say, he's gonna get to 40 easily. I mean, yeah. he may get to 45. I think that's 
maybe a little bit of a stretch, but 40 seems pretty reasonable. I mean, just the quietest 40 goal season yeah. in history. He may be the only abs uh, forward to get to 40. I mean, he may. maybe Varantanen gets back hot again. Maybe, maybe he can get back there, but. I mean, it, it heard, could just as, be Landis dog. The way it's going right now, it very well might be. But, I mean, it's possible. But the only player on the Avalanche who is hotter than Nathan McKinnon and Gabriel Landeskog is uh, a young man uh, who just got a fresh haircut um, and scored his uh, second game-winning goal uh, in the past three games. Uh, Andre Burkowski, I think, is his name. I, th- I know some people had, people had forgotten about him because he went a couple games without scoring. Um, mm, I more think, than a couple, but yeah, more than a couple. I, I think it's safe to say he's back. Yeah, he's definitely back. I also want to talk about what led up to that goal for Andre Burakovsky. And the Islanders look like they went up four to three late in this period. And the Avalanche. I forgot about that. (laughs) I forgot about that. Scratch that. Rewind. We're going to go back a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Right before this goal, the Islanders look like they went up four to three after the Avalanche had, I'd say, dominated this period for the most part. Yeah. And Kemper lets that one get through him. And on initial viewing, live view, I thought it went in and it looked like Murray swept it off late. They called it a goal on the ice. And then they go to the replay. And we've, we've seen a lot of these this season, surprisingly. Like, I, I can actually name a couple of them right off the top of my head that we've seen just for the abs. Yep. I don't think I have ever seen one as close as this. Ryan Murray swept this off the line with literal centimeters left. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen one that close. And my first viewing, I was like, I don't know if that's in. The second angle is like, I think that's in. The third one, like, I, I really can't definitively tell you if that puck is in the net or not. Because, like, I might, I might be hallucinating some white between that line. But, like, if I pause it and I squint real hard and look at it really close, it might be on the blue and when they finally showed like the, the close-up on the best angle they had, it is literal skin of the teeth Yeah, right it, there. It is so microscopic. I thought they were going to keep it a goal on goal because they called it a goal on the ice. That, that, that was, was my hard. thought process too, because it looks so inconclusive. But I, I guess for, for these, you have to be able to definitively say that it's in the net. Yeah. I mean, the fact the ref was even this close to being right is impressive. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, like he has wow. to look through, he has to look through a net, all that shit. I mean, it was impressive. I mean, the abs never seemed to get review luck. So I definitely thought it was going to be a goal. Um, and I mean, we lucked out there was the abs luck right there because they're literally millimeters away from being down four, three, but uh, for once it feels like a review went our way. Yeah, and like even if they called that a goal, I don't even know if I would have been that upset by it. No, because it was so close. If it, if the tables were turned, we definitely would be upset that they took it back. I understand. Oh. I understand the Islanders' gripe against it. Yeah, but I mean, when you really slow it down and break it down frame by frame, Ryan Murray had his best play of the season and <laughs> swept and swept that off the line. Yeah, I cannot I mean, stress this enough at the last possible nanosecond. And it, it, all it takes is, I think it was, was it Andrews Lee diving with him? If 
Vanders Lee gets that puck first, it's a goal. <laughs> yeah, if, if Ryan Murray, I mean, Ryan Murray waited a long time to swat this one off the line. Yeah. But if he waited another single nanosecond, that puck's in the net. If Lee dives for that puck a second earlier, that puck is in the net. Like, so many things have to happen for that to, to not be a goal. And Murray just got to it. And yeah. we'll, we'll talk a little bit in a little bit about maybe Kemper didn't have the greatest game in this one after we sang a bunch of his praises, but I don't think it was that bad. No. I mean, he allowed a couple, like the first one, we'll talk about it. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it, but the no need to freak out. <laughs> yeah. The, impo- the important port. Wow. Important port. point, important port, <laughs> port point, the port point of this is that it stays off the board, stays three, three. And then Andre Burakovsky continues his role. I mean, we talked about this on the last episode. He scored two straight against Winnipeg and Vegas. We said he's going to score against the Islanders. That's just what he does. And he picks up the game-winning goal in this one. Kadri sets him off on a beautiful play. Just Was it even a minute after they took the goal back? wasn't even. I think it was the next shift. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360-style windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. Just $1 on any team of your choice, any game of your choice, and you have the opportunity for $150 in free bets. And if DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday every day with DraftKings Daily Fantasy lineups, which is something that I personally do just about every day with the NHL. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest, and if you're like me, Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest, you can play for as little as a dime or for as much as you want. It's all up to you. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit as well. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 20 or older. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Call or text the Tennessee red line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 8879-777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-APE-HOPE-NY or call HOPE-NY-467-369. Now, back to the episode. We talk about it with Berkey. He is the streakiest player in the NHL. I don't think it's a question. He is the streakiest player in the NHL. But what was encouraging to me, and you brought this up when we were talking off air a little bit, he took five shots last night. Yeah, he finally started shooting again. Because yeah. he because my main thing, even when he scored the two goals against Winnipeg and Vegas, he'd only taken one shot in both of those games, and they just so happened to go in. This was the first time he took five shots since the comeback win against Boston yeah. in January. And, and he has one of the best wrist shots on the team. Like, he should be shooting the puck. Yeah, and this was his first time over two shots since Dallas. Both Dallas games, he had two shots on goal 
Since then, zero, one, zero, one, one, one. And now he finally had five in this one. That's all he needs to do is just start shooting it again. Because even then, this like this wasn't a one-timer pass from Kadri. He got it, set it up, and ripped it. Yeah, it's, it was a beautiful specialty. shot. It's what he does. Yeah. And he missed a couple early in the game. He could have easily had three goals this game if he hits net. Yeah, and he can do that a lot of nights if he just starts shooting it. So if he starts doing this more often, the second line is going to get a lot better as well because he did, eventually did get bumped back down to that second line because we, hit, we have not mentioned this yet. We were going to mention it afterwards, but Val did not play in this game and they kept Burakovsky up on that top line at least to begin the game you could see that okay well maybe maybe with Val out we shouldn't experiment this much yeah. and then once they had him back down perfectly fine yeah he was 100% fine so I I'm really really encouraged by this I, I think he's going to consistently start scoring more he just had to get that monkey off his shoulders once he got that every season, there is a point in time where he goes a really long time without scoring. And we're past that now. It's not, there's not going to be another 10 or 16 game stretch where he doesn't score a goal. It's like at most, we'll probably be talking like four or five for the rest of the year. They'll probably come close to 25 goals, if not pass it. But the worst is behind us with him. This is, he does this every season. Yeah. He just goes, he takes a little bit of a nap and that, that's okay. Yeah. But he's back. Berkey's back. I mean, we talked about this a little bit off air too. Nazem Kadri had the quietest two point night, I think, of anyone. Like, you think he's slowing down, and then he he still scored two points in this game. Like that is that play he has to set up Burakovsky on that that toe drag, chef's kiss, beautiful. Yeah, and just we say quiet with Nazem Kadri, and he'd still been picking up assists left and right. Picks up two tonight, and is now just oops accidentally back in the top five in point scoring. It, it's March. This is just where he's going to be for the season now. This is this is not like a November hot streak when we first started talking about this. This is just what he's been doing all season long. <laughs> he's been unreal. So it, the Avs go up 4-3, um, and then they get a little bit more luck. I mean, in that final minute, the, the Islanders probably had, what, three grade-A chances to The Islanders had some chances to tie this game. And again, on the the idea of luck in this game, I don't, I don't remember off the top of my head who shot this puck, but Kiefer Bellows deflected it over the net when Kemper was down and out and bad turnover right to an Islander. Should have been a wide open cage. Bellows wasn't even trying to deflect this puck. The guy just shot it right into his stick and probably still should have gone in, but it just deflected over the net and stays out. And eventually Eric Johnson sends it down into the empty net and somehow some way we do it again and we win it another comeback and there's nothing wrong with getting a little lucky yeah there's nothing wrong with it every once in a while you're going to get lucky i mean the islanders almost lucked their way into winning this game yeah, the it, it evens out back. yeah all, all three of their goals i'd say had a certain degree of luck to them yeah and like, then it took a, it took a little bit of luck on our side to keep them off the board and then get on the board ourselves yeah it, it, it was I really take nothing from this game. Like we're going to look back on this game yeah. in like two months or like when, right when the playoffs were on, we're like, Oh, this game means nothing. Yeah. And it's just, it's just another tally in the comebacks. Yeah. So it, it was, it was a way better game than I thought it was going to be. I thought this was going to be a snooze fest of a game. It turned out to be a pretty fun game to watch. So um, yeah, the Avs win it. EJ's the king of scoring from his own blue line uh, on empty nets. Uh, he has like three or four in the past, like four years, I feel like. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, the abs, the abs complete the comeback win. We were talking about a little bit earlier, like Darcy Kemper wasn't great tonight or in this game. He wasn't great, but he was good enough. He made a couple yeah. big saves. Good enough. Um, Some, that's and, all you need. He's st- I mean, we say like, Oh, Kemper wasn't that great. And he'd let him back. He's still above 900. Yeah. It's fine. And that's for the way Kemper's been playing that that's not great for him. Yeah. I mean, it's going gonna, gonna to bring down his percentage. I mean, yeah. say that three months ago, it would have gone up, but yeah. Like he, he's been so good lately that this was kind of a, yeah. I mean, it wasn't his greatest game, but he's coming off of a huge win against Vegas. He's going to have a little bit of letdown. Yeah. So I mean, like, geez, he's allowed to have one. Yeah, He's allowed to, I didn't, I, I was glad to see not a bunch of people freaking out about it. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and if this is his one, then we're going to be fine. If this is a bad game from Darcy Kemper. I mean, he's had, he's had some bad games this season. The last bad one that he had was the last Toronto game where he got pulled since then. I like, I don't know. Has he had one worse than no. that, maybe Buffalo? Buffalo, maybe. But also, again, like you look at these teams he's having the bad games against. I don't give two shits if he has bad right. games. Look who Buffalo he's beating. New York Islanders. Yeah, look who he's be- He's shutting out Vegas and beat Tampa Bay. Beat, beat Tampa Bo- Bay. Beat Boston the first time. No, was that Frankie the first game? I think it was Darcy. In the comeback, I think it was Darcy. I'm fairly certain that it was. Yeah. It beat, like we said, beat Tampa Bay. Um, beat Minnesota like it was yeah he's he's been rock solid in the games we need him to be rock solid and if he's bad against these bad teams the abs are good enough that they can just outscore right and And, even then wasn't bad no and like even only the first one I was like okay well he just lost that I mean you don't you don't ever want your NHL goalie to lose a puck but it happens sometimes especially when you have a freaking person standing in front of you you lose track of it sometimes the next two were just to me really lucky yeah. And sometimes just luck happens. And the, the other one I have a problem with wasn't even a goal. So like not even a count. problem. <laughs> yeah. If, if, if Kemper just grabs that puck and covers it up, then we're not even having the conversation about the review, but it didn't cost us anyway. So yeah. there's, there's no point even like criticizing it or breaking it down. I wouldn't even really blame him for that fourth goal. If it would have counted for the Islanders because obey Cubell got walked by yeah. a defenseman. He got deked out of his shoes. So, I, I mean, that, that was a good shot for him. But, um, yeah, there's no reason to worry. He, he's, he's fine. I'm yeah, and, and again, even if this was worse and we lost this game and it was all Kemper's fault, it's one game. There's never anything to be concerned about big picture with one game. If it's three games in a row, okay, you start to ask some questions. Five games, okay, you know, maybe, maybe this is a trend and maybe this is a problem. One game, especially even when he's above 900, like it's hardly even worth the conversation. There's a lot of teams that would kill right now to have 900 save percentage. Yeah. For, <laughs> for a 903 to be a goaltender's bad night. Yeah. Edmonton. There's Oilers. a lot of goal, a lot of teams that will be wishing for that. Shit, Minnesota. Before. Yeah. I mean, we can transition to the Minnesota. We wanted to talk a little bit about Minnesota because I, I got nothing else about that Islanders game. It was yeah, fun. I got, I got nothing else. We brushed over Nachushkin a little bit, but. He it, seems to be fine. I wouldn't be shocked. It just seems like he tweaked, he tweaked something. He has an upper body injury. He's day-to-day. It's not a big deal. New hook plugged in and played great. Bednar sang his praises after the game and we'll be fine. We'll see if he plays against Arizona. Not a problem if he doesn't. Yeah. They may just keep him out and just save him for Calgary on Saturday. Yeah, but, and they uh, probably should. Yeah. That's probably, probably just should. a smart idea. So, I mean, we can talk about Minnesota. Minnesota right now is – Safe to say, in kind of a free fall. They're in. A, they're in a free fall 
right now a little bit, especially when you consider everyone else in the West at the moment. They in the month of February, they went four and seven. And they have lost four in a row now and just got swept by Calgary in a home and home series and outscored 12 to four. I mean, this is, these are the two teams we were talking about being like, okay, these are the direct competition of the avalanche in the West. I wouldn't say it's two team race anymore. It's one and it's not Minnesota. Yeah. It, it, and it's, it may not be Vegas right now. I mean, shit, Minnesota might not even be the next team on the list. It might be yeah. the blues. Yeah. I mean, the way the blues are playing too. So I mean, Minnesota right now, their biggest problem, like they, they, they've been relatively healthy, I'd say. Like they haven't had crazy injuries. I know at the beginning of the year they had to battle through some, but their goaltending could be next to the Oilers, the worst in the Western Conference. Cam Talbot, Cam Talbot has been a massive liability recently, especially on this losing streak. He Cam Talbot, had, all-star goalie. Yeah, all-star goalie, which <laughs> never made sense. He's had four straight sub 900 games and four straight four plus goal games. And they, he can't win with stuff like that. It's not like he's playing super good teams. Like he lost to Ottawa and he lost to Calgary this other night and just has not been able to put up a good performance lately. And it's sunk them. It's sunk. I mean, we went from like maybe Minnesota can make a push for the abs in the Central, they're going to be lucky to stay in the top three at this pace. Yeah, I mean, I didn't realize this until right before we started recording. They're only one point ahead of the Predators. And the Predators are playing Seattle right now as we're recording, so they yeah, could and be. And the Predators have not been good themselves. Like, I, like, yeah. I thought Minnesota and St. Louis cleared themselves of the Predators recently. I was so wrong because the Predators are four or five and one in their last ten. They've kind of taken a big step back. I mean, Nashville wins this game that just started for us right now. They're going to be back in that top three. And granted, Minnesota would have three games to hand on them. Let's not forget about that. But I did not ever see this coming with them. No, I, I thought they were going to be battling with us for the top spot. Yeah, I, like really I, I had directly said, like, okay, this, this is probably going to be our top competition in the West. Yeah, it would have been. And they're kind of free form right now. I, I think they'll be okay if they can get – I mean, they're going to be in the market for a goalie. Like, they're like, going to be in the market. And even that, like, I don't know, they also might not be because Kakinen's their guy of the future, and Talbot has another year after this. And it's also interesting for the playoffs because it's not just guaranteed to be Kakinen because no. Kakinen has never played in the playoffs, and Talbot historically has played well in them. He's yeah. played in four playoffs before, and for his one in, in Edmonton, he was outstanding. He probably should have won the Vesna that year too. And then he's played two straight, one with Calgary and one with Minnesota last year. He was, he was above 920 in both of them. Yep. Like he's been good in the playoffs. Like, do you, do you go with Kakinen, who's been objectively better in the regular season, but has never played in the playoffs? Or do you go with the guy that's costing you games right now, but knows how to play in the playoffs? I mean, I'd, I'd go with Kakinen just because you can't have a guy in the playoffs who's under 900 and costing you games playing. But it's it's an interesting conversation, at least, and one that I did not see coming with this no. team. It is kind of funny to be an Avs fan right now, and your two biggest rivals are going through big slumps, and your team's by far the best team in the league. It is, it's fun right now. Um, I, I still think Minnesota turns it around. I, I do still yeah. think they're the second-best team in this division. Um, and... It, it's going to be interesting, but they definitely got some things they need to work out. Like 
when I look at the teams the Avs have to face in the West, the Avs have the least amount of problems compared to all of the other teams. Yeah. Maybe Calgary, maybe Calgary um, is close to the Avs, but it's in the Central, it's really the Avs and everyone else kind of fucking up. I mean, even Calgary's had problems at some points in the season. I mean, they're on a ridiculous streak right now, much like the one we were on a while ago. But like earlier in the season, they'd go back and forth a little bit. I mean, there was a point in time where they lost four in a row, Florida, Tampa Bay, Carolina, and even one Ottawa. And then they snapped the Oilers losing streak not too long ago, back when the Oilers were terrible. And they have their issues. It's not like they're just all of a sudden a superpower. I mean, Markstrom's been great. And depth-wise, I'm not entirely sold on them as of yet. I don't love Milan Lucic playing on a third line and Sean Monahan has eight goals. I mean, Lucic is outscoring Monahan in the same amount of games, which is a big problem. Yeah. I mean, Toffoli helps for the Calgary. Um, but I think Calgary's weakness is their defenseman. I, yeah. I don't love their defenseman. I, I um, love in, individually. I like each defenseman. I don't love that Rasmus Anderson and Noah Hannafin is a top pair. Yeah. I mean, and then you got Zadorov and Gabranson as your second pair. That sucks. Yeah. I mean, and it's, not, it's not a fun pair to play against, but no. as long as you can stay away from them, that sucks. Yeah. I mean, what, what's the, the other kid's name? Killington? I Killington. First. Yeah, it's Shillington. Oliver Shillington. It's, Oliver it's, Shillington. it's spelled Killington, but it's pronounced Shillington. Makes sense. Um, he got hurt. Uh, it was a pretty scary injury. Yeah. Um, so Looks I mean, like he's he got, playing, though. Yeah, he, he's he's good. But Calgary, like, they definitely have, like, their defensemen scare me. Um, but it is just the West is kind of shaping up where the Avs really should. I, I mean, I still think it's going to be Vegas in the final against Western, like the Western Conference final. But I I feel a lot better about this Avs team now than I did even a month ago. Yeah. And it's just, we're clear cut, number one. If it's like, it's like I said last episode when we were like, how do they don't, how do they not win? If we don't win, it's our fault. Yep. Like at the end of the day, we have everything we need to get it done. We have the yeah. offense. We have the defensive pieces. We have, we, we, we appease the, the old school hockey, we got Curtis McDermott and our, our core is not afraid to stand up for themselves. So that's not even really a problem to begin with, but we have that too. We have the goaltending when Darcy Kemper, I mean, geez, who knows with goaltending, sometimes it's all just incredibly, incredibly random. And you never know on a game by game basis, what it's going to be, but we've seen from Kemper this season that he is capable of doing it. Yep. And not every, and not every team, not even every team in the playoffs can say that if we don't win, it's our fault. Yep. I mean, We'll see how we match up with Calgary because we're playing them for the first time on Saturday, which I mean, every, every game is the most is the biggest game of the season until it's not because yeah. I would, I would have said the Vegas games are the most important games of the season. And now a week later, I'm saying Calgary is the biggest game of the season, but circumstances change and Calgary's on a heater right now. They've lost one game out of their last, like what 17 or whatever. Back yeah, when I was have, looking at it, they have not been losing. Yeah. Um, I mean, they They've started. Really... They started this win streak on January 29th against Vancouver, and in that stretch, they have only lost one game to Vancouver. Seven to one. Seven okay, to one. Got in there. Yeah, Big outlier. Yeah, they got their ass kicked. Um, but Calgary's really the only team in the West we haven't played yet, and yeah. they're the only Anything. other West contender. Yeah, it's them so... and Edmonton. I think are the only Western Conference teams we have not played, and 
right now, Calgary, I'd say, is our biggest threat. Correct. Right now. Yeah, right now. That, that could change by this time next week when Minnesota wins all their games by 20 goals and Calgary loses every single one. because It all just changes so quickly. But right The only now, thing that's Cal- been consistent is the avalanche. Yeah. Right now, Calgary is our biggest threat, and we, just, we don't know how we match up against them. We have not played these guys in forever. Ever, ever since we beat them in the playoffs, we've only played them three times. Now yeah. it's in the same seat. We, did not, we obviously didn't play them last year. And we have not played them this entire time this year. It's been a long time since we've seen these guys. Yep. We don't know how we match up against them. Maybe we match up great. Maybe we match up terrible. But you're playing them three times this month. Two of them are at home. I really feel like it's like the last thing you have to do to really instill confidence into the playoffs. Because you can never have too much confidence and too much leverage going into the playoffs. You beat Calgary twice out of three. It's It's hard to sweep a team, especially the next best team in your conference. But if you win two of these three games, like what's, what's left to do? Yeah, there's not much. So it's going to be a big couple of games. I'm really excited for Saturday. It's going to be a great game. Um, and it, it kind of sucks that Arizona's wedged in between that. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I, the, the only thing I have on that Arizona game is just in bold text trap game. Yeah. Holy shit. And Arizona's playing better. I'll give them credit. They're playing better. Like, yeah. They're, they, they, they aren't atrocious. They're not losing every single game. Yeah. They've at least won, like, I think four of their last 10 or whatever it's like you got to play against them but like they're okay like they aren't bad they're bad but they aren't as bad as we thought they were going to be look at look at them growing up now they in the entire month of february they did not lose three consecutive games there we go that's a step up for our for our look at their look at their last five you know they're two and three haven't even lost two consecutive games they're coming up man i mean i have mad respect for teams that they're that bad and they still come out and play hard every single night they beat Dallas and Vegas too. Yeah, I, know, I mean, that's not the they sneeze at. They beat them both three to one. Yeah. I mean, luckily they already said Wedgwood isn't starting and Wedgwood is killing teams right now. Yeah. I mean, uh, the thing about the Coyotes, they have oddly good goaltending. Like yeah. Vishmelka is really good too. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be, it, it's a trap game. Like it, it, yeah. Every definition of the book, it's a trap game. Yeah, so, and we know the Avalanche like to play down a little bit. We've well, talked, yeah. we've talked about it. It's picking your moments. You don't need to go a hundred percent against the coyotes especially when you have the flames coming up yeah but it's also the thing like it's not fun to lose to the coyotes we've done yeah. it and it sucked it's annoying because everyone laughs at you but as, as long as you try yeah a little bit you'll you're gonna be just fine get a point out of it i'll be happy with it like I mean, well <laughs> yeah i'd love to get we should get two I don't want. I don't want to go to overtime three times against the Coyotes. That'd be pretty funny, though. It would be very funny looking back at it, but just finish this one in regulation. Just move on to Calgary. No one get hurt. Just get out. I don't care if it's by one or by sixty. I don't care. Just get out of there with a regulation win. Yep, get out of there. Um, So, I I got nothing else about this week in games. I, I wanted to wrap with just an appreciation for the Colorado Avalanche. We kind of brushed over this. With the win against the Islanders, that is their 40th win in 54 games. That is the second fastest in NHL history to reach 40 wins. The team that did it faster, Griffin's own Washington Capitals. Yeah, the Um, 15-16 Washington Capitals did it in 53 games. So take that. Yeah, take that and put in your pipe and smoke it. But we just need to appreciate the fact 
of this team is probably going to go down historically as one of the greatest regular season teams of all time. And I know it'll mean nothing if they don't win the cup, but here's the thing. Only one team wins the cup. You need to, we need to, as avalanche fans, just appreciate how fucking awesome this is that we go out there and win games at a 70, I think their point percentage is what 78% now 78% clip. They're winning games. Like that is unreal, dude. Yeah. Seven, and seven, eight, seven, seven, eight. Like it is unreal how good this team is. And I know if they don't win the cup, everyone will say, who gives a shit? I it's give like, a shit. This has been a fun season. Yeah. It's like, we're, we're not in the playoffs. You're getting preemptively mad about a situation that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Like, like we're, is- we're currently in watching one of the best teams to ever take the ice in the regular season. The regular season's cool, not man. over yet. So actually, you're wrong. It does still mean something because yeah. the games are still happening. The regular season's still here. So it does mean something. And you know, it's a it's a very easy stance to take to be like, oh, well, this is a, they're a regular season only team and they're not going to get it done in the playoffs. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, great, great take. Because you know what? The the odds favor that because there are what? seven Stanley cup contenders, I would say I mean, this season, the entire Eastern conference outside of Washington, I would consider as cup contenders. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, there's like seven contenders right there. You can put the avalanche in there and maybe Calgary. I'd say Vegas. You still got to keep. Yeah. Vegas. Like it, one of the two. So we're talking about, was that like eight or nine yeah. like contenders? Some of them are a bit of a stretch. Newsflash. Only one of them wins. And, in and the it's playoffs, not always going to be the best team. It's not always going to be. It usually isn't. Yeah. And so just, it, it's okay to be like, this is really fucking cool that the abs have since they started, what would we say they were like five and four or four and five to yeah, start were, the year? Yeah, they were, they were 500 essentially. They had went on, they'd went on a four game losing streak and they lost back-to-back games to Columbus and just nothing was working. And since then they have been unstoppable. Unstoppable. They aren't losing, dude. They don't like we can count the losses on one hand. You can count the losses on one hand. That's how good they've been. And the thing, like the thing that's most impressive to me, they have not lost consecutive games in that entire time. That's crazy. That to me blows my mind more than anything. And just I know I shouldn't keep getting hung up about this, but just the fact that you still see some pockets of just negativity and this team, well, there's they're still too soft and they're not going to get it done in the playoffs. Like, why are you hedging your fun? Like, why, why are you hedging your excitement? Like, what is the point of being a fan, especially when you have a team this good, if you don't believe they're going to win? Maybe they don't. Maybe it's, they don't. The odds are that they don't win. The, the, the odds, odds are that are. they don't. Even if they have the highest odds of anyone to win, let's say they have 25% chance to win the cup, that's more than anyone, still a 75% chance that they don't. Yeah. But like, there's no point in hedging your fun and your fandom of being a team. Part of being a fan is losing and dealing with that disappointment and the devastation of losing. Like, so maybe it does happen. I don't know. But like, you you really just want to be smart and look and point back at your tweet in a couple months if this team does lose and be like, see, I I I told you, I called it, I called it. Like, no, like no one likes you. You're being that dude right now. And like, how, and what, if this team does win, are you going to be happy about it? Yeah. Like, like I, oh, I, I just, so I, glad I was wrong. I was I'd like, rather oh. be old takes exposed for saying the abs 
are going to win the cup now. Yeah, that's why I'm not afraid to say stuff on this show because I don't care. I believe this team is going to win wholeheartedly. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And I'll come here on the show and be disappointed and say I was wrong. We'll probably cry. We'll We'll probably probably cry. cry. But that's, that's the thing. That's part of being a fan. That's part of the deal. When you sign the contract with the devil of being a sports fan, this is part of the deal. Your team only wins a championship on average, I'd say like once, once every 20 years, 20 years, yeah. a lot of times, even more than that. Yeah. And I mean, right now, this is the best chance outside of like the 2001 abs that this team has ever had. Why not believe in them? Like, okay, to. they've, okay. They've lost a, a couple years in a row. They lost last year. It's not last year. It's, it's not last it's, year. This is a different team. Right? We yeah. talked about, I mean, that we're, they have 18 comeback wins this year. It's a different yeah. team. And it's not even just us saying this, like other teams in the league take notice of this. Like if there are clips of like the Islanders broadcast where they're talking about this stuff too. And any opposing broadcast that you listen to when they're up on us in the third period, they note our comeback stats. And it's something that a lot of league executives I've heard are taking note of too, that this avalanche team does not ever stop it yeah. like it they're never out of the game it's yeah. it's this isn't last year where we're winning six to one the entire time and are never challenged we've been challenged almost essentially every single night and still find ways to come out on top and win and yeah. you know and the playoffs aren't until may it just turned march this team cannot get out of the second round until late may at the earliest you're asking them to do something that would break the laws of time. We're not there yet. No, it cannot be done yet. And right now we're on course to do something very special at very least in the regular season, maybe in the playoffs, it changes and everyone forgets how to play hockey. Maybe they go 16 and 0 and win the cup. Maybe they run through Dallas, Minnesota, Vegas, and Tampa Bay on the way to a Stanley cup. And we get the most satisfying run ever. We don't know. So there's no point in hedging your bets, especially when you have a team that's this good and has given no indication that's going to be the case this year. Maybe it is the case. Okay, we'll deal with it when it comes, but don't make up a narrative for something that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, I mean, look at the stats. They win four out of five games. That's crazy. And that's a, that's conservative estimate. Yeah, it's conservative. I, 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 I've said this in my tweets at the end of games. I love this team. I, I know that it will be a disappointment if they don't win the cup. I'm going to enjoy the hell out of this though, man. Like I remember when the abs sucked what, like four years ago. Right. You would think that a, a team that sucked as recently as five years ago would appreciate something like this, yeah. that this team has turned it around so dramatically in such a short amount of time that we're talking about if we don't win the Stanley cup, it would be an immense disappointment. Like, I don't, I just, I just don't get it. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it either, but I, I wanted to end with that because that, that, that stat, uh, Brandon and Nichols tweeted that out last night. I think I got his name, right. I sent it to you and I just said, LOL. Like yeah. it, you got to just appreciate this. This is so much fun. I mean, every game is intense. Like Griffin said, like we're not blowing teams out. Like it's close games and that's going to come back and be very handy in the playoffs. Right. You learn you look- more from these three, two games and learning how to kill off, like 
the empty net situation. I'm sure Bednar, when he goes back and watches the film, they're deep diving in that final minute against the Islanders because they had way too many chances the Islanders did. Yes. Way too many chances. That's and the you thing. Can't, you can't script those scenarios in practice. No, you, you need can't. to do them in games. No, you can't script any of that. And also it prepares you for those like split second life or death situations in the playoffs. And you look back at even just the last month, holding on to the lead against Tampa Bay, going on the road to Dallas and shutting them out, getting goalied against Dallas the next game. And then the very next night going into Vegas, a hostile building for one of your biggest games of the season and posting a shutout in a game that was zero zero for 40 minutes. That serves you more in the playoffs than anything else. And being able to come back on the road and being able to control an opposing building's energy and like there's, there's only so many ways you can describe how this team wins because they win in every single way. Even this Islanders game, you got to get lucky in the playoffs. I hate to break it to a lot of you, but the, the main way you win a cup is luck. Yep. You have to get absurdly lucky to win four straight rounds in the playoffs. The Capitals got lucky when they won. Tampa Bay got lucky two years in a row when they won. The Blues got incredibly lucky. Montreal got historically lucky to get to the final last year. If the Avalanche go on and win the cup, it's going to be mainly because they got lucky. Like that, that's I'd the love thing. to you disagree can, with you, but that, that's, that's the case, man. Yeah, you cannot predict luck. And that's what, that's what you need in the playoffs more than anything else. So the fact that we can win a game where we get lucky and take advantage of stuff like that, and you have to make your own luck too. I mean, you can't just be Arizona and luck your way into four straight playoff round wins. You got to make your own luck, which is what we did here. Yeah. And we did that. And it was, it's, I love this team, man. I, I, I love this team. We can argue more about the play, not argue, but agree on things about when it comes to playoffs. Loudly agree on things. Yeah. Loudly agree. But it just, as an abstract, sit back and enjoy this. This team is really fucking good. I mean, Um, it's going to be over before we know it. Yeah, Like the regular season is, it's kind of getting there. Yeah. We've talked about it a little bit on past episodes, but we're, we're kind of getting there. Yeah. In terms of, of games played at the moment, we're, we're getting close to the end of the season. Like right now it's, it's week 21 yeah. and there. there's eight weeks left in the season. Yeah. There's eight weeks and enjoy it. This is going to be fun. And we yeah. got the trade deadline coming up, which I think is going to be a very fun trade deadline for the abs. Um, and we'll talk about that more in future episodes. I, we, we've gone way entirely too long in this episode. Yeah. But uh, we can talk about that more in upcoming episodes, but it's, it's going to be a fun two months. Let's enjoy this. Like not every team gets to go into the playoffs with this high of hopes. So right. enjoy it. I'm going to love it. Um, I, I just, I can't wait to see what this team does. I, Cause I, I think I have a different feeling about this team than I did last year. Yeah. Same here. I mean, I know I kind of, it sounds like I'm saying the same things that I did last year. And to a certain extent I am. But last year's team just faced no challenges ever that it was hard to see them facing a challenge at all. We didn't know how they would respond to a challenge. And then they faced a challenge and they lost. Yep. But just with this regular season, guys, there's 28 games left. It's not a lot. Like this, this is going to be done with before we know it. It doesn't even feel like that long ago. We were talking about, we've got to wait until 10 games into the season before we can make a judgment. And now it feels like 10 games fly by without like, us even noticing yeah. so you know like even if in the playoffs this team collapses and loses in the first round all the more reason to enjoy the regular season yeah. while it's here 
and don't, don't feel the misery that will inevitably come. Yeah. I so, can always count like the first day after the abs lose a playoff series is the most depressed I am all year. Oh, those, those are, those hurt. Like I fit like, it's an overused word, but like, I, I physically feel hurt. Like after playoff, lo- like series losses, like I can't, I can't do anything. I struggle to watch day. hockey the next day. I, it, I, it, I watch it, hockey every night. Yeah. I, I watch it, but it feels empty. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just like, it's, I don't care. Yeah. It's just like, this is a thing that is there. There is light being projected into my brain and none of it is registering as information. Yeah. So yeah, but, I got nothing else. Man. Let's enjoy. Well, by the time we talk Sunday, we're going to have a, we have a fun game about Calgary to talk about, and hopefully not a loss to talk to about Arizona. So, yeah, <laughs> but we'll yeah, see. I got nothing else, man. Yeah. We'll see where all that goes. It's just enjoy it while it lasts. Even, even if we lose in the playoffs, all the more reason to enjoy the regular season. Even if we win in the playoffs, all the more reason to enjoy this season in what would be a historic season. Yeah. Either way, just enjoy it while it's here. Cause it's going to be gone before five. we yeah, if they go 23 and 5, they set the record for most wins in the season. Yeah. Which would be hilarious. Yeah. So, so we'll see where all that goes. So I just I shouldn't I shouldn't keep getting wound up about this. I feel like I get wound up about it every episode. It's kind of all we have to talk about though, man. Like it's hard yeah. to talk about it. There's, all, there's only so many ways you can talk about wins. <laughs> yeah. I just that we don't lose. Yeah. Like it's sometimes it's better for the show when we lose. It, it is because at least we have something nuanced to talk about other than uh, holy we shit. Won. We won we, again. We won. We're the best team in the league. Uh, and half the time it was a comeback. Like yeah. it was ever even in question. Yeah. So enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy it. I, as much as I hate to say, it, I'm really going to enjoy this game against Arizona. I always like playing Arizona. I know you hate it, but I can't oh, wait this, for it. It's the last <laughs> one I can tolerate. It's the last one at Gila River at Gila River arena. So yeah, my sister will be there. Shout out Devin. Um, enjoy the game. Um, but uh, yeah. I, I can't wait for Saturday against Calgary. That's going to be just such a fun game and a fun environment to be in. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I got nothing else. No, we've gone entirely too long. If you've listened throughout, shout out you, because this has been like an hour and a half of us just rambling. About yeah, I don't know how we did that. I don't know how we did that. We, we, were, we were five minutes into this, and I was like, oh, my God, how am I going to hit 35 on this? I, I'm, <laughs> I'm literally falling asleep. And here we are an hour and a half later. Here we are an hour and a half in. I I feel like the the second we start talking about like people being negative, it like caffeine just gets sent straight to my brain. But regardless, yeah. Yeah. If you stuck around this long, thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate you guys. It's, it's, it always feels weird to look at the numbers and everything and look at charts and all that. I still don't fully wrap my head around it sometimes but we i know i speak for christian too and i say we appreciate it immensely so thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of the tell it abs it is podcast on the hockey podcast network if you want to follow us on twitter you can follow me at g young's nhl you can follow christian at christian underscore relay and follow the show at tell it abs is for live tweets on the games giveaways and fun stuff like that But that's it for us on this edition. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will catch you all next time. Enjoy the rest of your week. 